Welcome to I Am Beloved podcast. My name is Bernice Rivera, founder of I Am Beloved, and I am super excited that you have decided to take this journey with me as we navigate towards learning how to forgive ourselves, heal ourselves, and love ourselves through God's eyes. Stay tuned because we have an amazing episode up next. What's up? What's good, y'all? It is great to have you guys back here with me, joining me on episode three, tres of The Love Talk. So as I mentioned before, this season is all about love. Why? Because love is the most powerful weapon that we have love is God. And if we are not able to understand love, we're not able to understand God. We're not able to understand ourselves. My mission here at I Am Beloved is to bring healing to the brokenhearted. And how can I do that? By walking you through my journey, walking you through what I know, what I've learned. And I'm not an expert, but what I do know and the answers I do have, I would love to share them with you. So join me today as we talk on episode three on how to find the one. If you were with me in our last episode, my friend Chris Masario killed it. My dear, dear friend Chris Masario killed it. We talked about um when you think you found the one and we spoke a little bit about his his story um how he got married in the church uh, when he was young 19 years old uh, he felt the pressure of being married because he didn't want to fall into fornication and he was a minister and just real struggles real struggles and and real trauma that young people go through on their journey to finding the one. And for me, it's super important. It's super important to take the time to share it with you. I believe in finding the one. I believe in love. But I have learned along the way that if we don't know how to love ourselves first, it's going to be very hard to find love. Statistics today show that divorce is at an all high rate in and out of the church. That means that out of 10 couples who get married, it is projected that six of them will end up getting a divorce. And for those thinking, hey, I'll just get married and if it doesn't work out, you know, let's do, let's go. You know, second time's the charm, right? It is estimated that out of those who remarry a second time, 63% of the couples who marry a second time end up getting a divorce. And you're like, nah, Bernice, but that's not my case. You know, let's go. Third time's the charm. It's a wrap. Three times you're out, right? Something along those lines. Well, think again. Or 73% of people who marry a third time end up in divorce. So that is why 
for me, it is so important to talk about the love talk. It is so important to take time to talk about how to find the one. We we all are in search for love. We all are in search for that special person. Heck, I am. But if we don't go about it the right way, if we don't go about finding love God's way, then we're going to do it all wrong. Today's episode is titled, How to Find the One. But what does it mean to find the one? It means finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. The person you choose on your good days and on your bad days. It's making a conscious decision to grow, forgive, and love one person until death do you part. And that takes work. It takes work that every day of your life, on the days where you're not feeling it, on the days where you're having a rough day, on the days when you're stressed out at work, that you would wake up and make a conscious decision that I'm going to choose to love this person for the rest of my life. Why do you think there is so much divorce all throughout the world nowadays? Because people are like, hey, well, if I don't like them, if it doesn't work out, you do you and I do me, boo, and that's it. And we go our separate ways. But God's love is unconditional. And in the Bible, God calls us to love each other as Christ loved the church. God calls us to love unconditionally. What does that mean? A love that's um, agape. A love that that is unconditional, that is not based on your circumstances, not based on whether you feel like loving me today or not. You see, that's the misconception that we have nowadays that, um, if I love you, we'll be together. But when I fall out of love, when I stop loving you, then that's it. I'll just go on and find someone else. And today I want to talk to you And I want to give you about four to five steps on how to find the one. I want to give you, today I want to give you four to five pointers on how to find the one. Point number one, in order to find the one, you must first find God. And through finding God, you will find yourself. In order to know yourself, guys, You have to know God. You have to know that you were wonderfully and beautifully created, that you are God's masterpiece, that you are his chosen one, that you are the daughter and the son of a king, that you are the head and not the tail. You need to know that God's plans are greater than your plans and God's thoughts for you are greater than your thoughts. But if you don't know God, then you can't know your identity and you can't know yourself and who you are. To know God, you need to develop a relationship with him and dedicate time to him. Heck, if you're, let's just put it this way. If you're in a relationship and you don't call your boo, you don't text them, you don't see them, you don't spend time with them, um, they're going to be like, deuces, I'm out. Like, I don't, we're going to break up because this is not even a relationship. It's the same thing with God. If we are not dedicating time to God, if we're not spending time with him, then are we even in a relationship with him? In order to dedicate time to God, you need to subtract 
time from others. Let me just say that again. In order to dedicate time to God, you need to subtract time from others. Who are those in your life right now that are distracting you? Who are those in your life right now that are just occupying time? Who are those in your life that are just bringing all this bad energy and environment around you and atmosphere around you? Because if you're not dedicating time to God, then you're wasting time on the wrong people. In all of this, you will realize what type of person you are and what type of person you need. So point number one is learning how to find God. And as you find God, you will find yourself. Once you know yourself, then you're going to know what type of person you need. Point number two, Bernice, how do I know if I'm ready? Guys, I'm talking about lifelong commitment here. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, we're going to date for two months and you know well there's plenty of efficiency like i'll just do my own thing i'm not talking about just casual dating i'm not talking about you know you got 10 people that you're talking to at the same time i'm not talking about that. i'm talking about when you're dating with a purpose when you're seeking the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with how do you know if you're ready these are some questions you need to ask yourself. Am I old enough? Am I financially stable? Am I taking the steps necessary to heal from past trauma? Dun, dun, dun. Let me just stop here for a second. Okay. We are all on a lifelong journey of healing. I truly believe that. I truly believe that we're all on our way towards healing. I don't think that it's a, it's a destination you reach. I think it's a journey that you take throughout your entire life. But if the person you are with and the person you're talking to, if or if you yourself, if you yourself are not willing to take the steps necessary to heal from the trauma in your past life, and you're like, nah, I was born this way. I'm going to die this way. This is me. You take it or leave it. If that's your mentality, then honey boo boo, you are not ready to find the one or to get married and be committed to somebody for the rest of your life. It ain't happening. Another question you need to ask yourself, do you have housing? That's very important. If you were to find the person you wanna spend the rest of your life with in the next three to six months, where are you gonna take them? You gonna move them into your mama's house? No, mm -mm. it ain't happening. So. I'm not saying that you need to move out tomorrow if you're still living with your parents, but you need to start, especially if you're in your 20s and plus club, you need to start thinking about, hey, I should move out. I should find a place of my own. I should, you know, explore my own freedom and my independence as an independent person first before I decide to commit to somebody for the rest of my life. Do you have maturity? Are you mature enough to spend the rest of your life with somebody. Because if you're still here trying to play games, you're not going anywhere. Last question you should ask yourself is, do you have love? And are you able to receive love? There's a difference, okay? There's a difference between you loving someone. You can love somebody 
can love your mom, you can love your dad, your grandparents, your, your children, you can love someone. But one thing that I've discovered along the way is many people who have trauma when it comes to rejection issues, when it comes to um, abandonment issues, people like that, it's very hard for them to receive love love from anyone. They think they're unworthy. They think they're not good enough to receive love. They think that everyone around them is going to get up and leave them. And even receiving God's love sometimes is hard for them. I've been there. I've been there where my shame was so great that it was even hard for me to receive God's love for my life, where I thought that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't perfect enough or holy enough to receive God's love, which is a lie of the devil. Point number three. These are some questions I need you to ask yourself once you've made the decision, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to find the one. I'm old enough. My I'm working on my financial situation. It's not perfect, but I'm working on it. You know, I feel mature enough. Once you've come to that conclusion, then you need to start, these are the questions you need to start asking yourself once you're ready to start dating or talking to someone. Do you have character compatibility? Is your character compatible to their character? People say this, there's like so many misconceptions when it comes to dating and all of this stuff. People are like, oh no, you know, opposites attract. Um, yes, yes, opposites can attract. But if you guys are opposite in literally everything, everything, if you're always hot and he's always cold, if, you know, uh, he likes to go out and you hate complete, you absolutely hate to go out, like, these are red flags that are, that are going to start causing problems in your marriage later down the road. So yes, opposites may attract, but so, to a certain extent, you need to make sure that your characters are compatible, that you balance each other out, that there's no two alpha males in the house because then you're going to kill each other and that's not okay. Are your families compatible? Are your families, uh, what, what's your family background like? You know, unfortunately, there are many people who maybe are not close to their family, who are disconnected from their family and versus someone who um, is a very family oriented person. So in a relationship, the one partner may love to hang out with their family all the time and the other partner um, is reserved and doesn't like hanging out with family. I'm not saying that those two people can't marry each other, but there has to be common ground. You have to meet halfway. You know, if if your partner enjoys spending time just you and him or her, then make sure that you balance your time out effectively so that you're not just giving family time, family time, family time while neglecting your partner, while neglecting the person you married, right? Another question I want you to ask yourself, are you spiritually compatible? For me, this is a big one, guys. This is a big one. I can't even express it enough. And just FYI, fun fact about me, many times when I record these, epi- these podcasts and these episodes, 
it is really late at night. So I get a little delirious. Um, so yeah, just so y'all know, right now it's 1.50 a.m. in the morning and I got to work tomorrow. But it's all good because I love doing this. I love helping out, bringing healing to the brokenhearted, right? So we in this, guys. We in this for the long run. And I'm knocking over my microphone, but it's all good. Anywho, are you spiritually compatible? For me, y'all, this is really important. Um, and for anyone who loves the Lord and wants to do God's will, this is very, very important. Like I've talked about previously in previous episodes, anybody can say they love the Lord. Anybody can call themselves Christians. But is your spiritual life compatible with theirs? Are they the type of person that just says, oh, yeah, I love God, but I never want to go to church. So that's going to be hard because while you want to be in church, be with your church family, serve, do ministry, do life, your partner is going to want to stay at home. And it might be offended at the fact that they feel like you're choosing church before them when that might not be the case but that's how they might feel. When it comes to ministry, if you know that God has spoken to you over and over and over again, that you have a calling, that you have a calling to be a missionary and God wants you to eventually go throughout the world and travel the world and go to Africa and you end up marrying somebody who hates mosquitoes, hates being outside, um, doesn't like feeding the poor, honey, honey, honey. I don't know what you're doing with your life, okay? You need to make sure that your life, your calling, what God has deposited over you, the assignment that God has given you is compatible to the person that you end up marrying. Because at the end of the day, God's will for your life will trump anything else anything else is your prayer life compatible it's hard guys i've never been married but i've seen plenty of people um, that i love and care about have experienced the good the bad and the ugly and have also experienced divorce so can't imagine marriage is hard and it's even harder when you and your partner are not on the same page spiritually when God is not the focus of your marriage. If I were to marry someone and God was not the focus of my marriage, I literally don't know what I would do with myself. Like, I don't know what they would do with themselves because Bernice without God, it ain't cute. It ain't cute, guys. I'm just saying. Like, me without God it is not, a, I'm not a good, no good version of Bernie's is in the equation. God has to be the center of your marriage, of your relationship, praying together, reading the Bible together, nourishing your life through the word of God has to be so important because if you're not filling your life with God, then you're going to fill it with everything else. Comparison, jealousy, hate, bitterness unforgiveness. Those things in a marriage are detrimental. They will destroy your marriage. 
we don't know how to learn how to forgive and love like Christ in our marriage, then we're not going anywhere. Point number four, signs you found the right one. I just want to make this very clear. Everything that I speak on my podcast, everything that I, that I uh, mention in my podcast, I don't know it all. But what I do know, what I have learned through counseling, what I have learned through evaluating and analyzing my life, analyzing my past relationships, uh, reading books about marriage, what I do know, I want to share with you. So this is not the absolute list of signs on how to find the one, but these are the signs that I've discovered that God has taught me along my journey and I want to share. Signs you found the right one. The first one, purpose. When you can look at the person you're with and you can clearly envision the powerful purpose God has for their life, even when they can't see it themselves yet, you know that you have found the right one. Point number two, safe place. Bernice, how do I know if I found the right one? when they become your safe place. When after God, they are your safe place. When after God, you look forward to coming home to them, to talking on the phone with them, to FaceTiming them, to expressing how your day went to them. When you're having a rough day, the first person that comes to your mind is that person then that's a sign that you've probably found the right one. Point number three, people can say all day that they're committed to you, that they love you, that they want to spend the rest of their life with you. But if their actions do not match the words coming out of their mouth, then that's a no. If a person wants to spend the rest of their life with you, if the person, if a person is the right one for you, you won't have to chase them. No need to chase what's God said. You won't have to convince them. You won't have to lead them on. You won't have to manipulate them. If a person is the right one for you, they will do whatever it takes to commit to you. Even if that means face their fears, even if that means go to counseling, even if that means work on themselves to be a better version for you, they will do it. But they will do it as they hold your hand, walking with you towards the promise, walking with you towards your healing. You see, sometimes people can tell you they love you. But sometimes they allow the fears, the insecurities, and their trauma to overcome them to the point where they're not ready to commit to you. Does this person motivate you? You know this person is the right one for you when just the mere essence of who they are motivates you to become a better person spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Is the person that you're with or the person that you want to date or you're looking for, do they motivate you? Do they push you? 
to be the best you can be and to be the person that God has called you to be. And the last sign that I want to speak of, of how do you know you found the right one is, does this person reflect Christ? When you can look at a person and see the reflection of Christ, see God's love for them, see Jesus reflected through them in the way they speak, the way they serve, the way they love others, then that's a good person for you. That's the right one for you. If I'm here to talk to you about how to find the right one, then I have to mention some of the signs of how you found the wrong one. Number one, how do you know if you found the wrong one? Does this person deter you from your calling? We've all been given an assignment. We've all been given purpose. We've all been given a calling by God, whatever that looks like for you. If the person that, you with, that you're with right now is stopping you, deterring you, delaying you from your assignment, delaying you from the calling that God has placed over your life, then adios, amigo. Does this person have commitment issues? Like I said earlier, you can love anyone. People love cake. People can love anything. And they can love anyone. But do their actions align with their words? Or does this person show me the red flags? Am I, am I ignoring the red flags of commitment issues, of trust issues? If the person you're with can't trust you, what are you doing? If there's no commitment and there's no trust, you need to walk out that door, honey. If you're constantly arguing, guys, this is not love and hip hop. This is not, you know, desperate housewives of Orlando. That, no. If you are constantly arguing with someone, even before you say I do, even before they propose to you, then honey, you got to go. You got to go. You cannot and you should not be arguing every day with someone and saying, oh, no, no, because I, I know this is the right one for me. No. Next point, the person that you're currently with or that you're dating, do they make you feel inferior or less than them? Do they make you feel like you're less than them? Do they make you feel inferior? Do they make you feel like your ideas are not worth it? If a person does not value your ideas, if a person does not value your voice, they're not the one for you. Does this person refuse to work on themselves and to grow with you? If you're dating a person, if you're talking to a person and they refuse, you know they have trust issues, you know they have anger issues, you know they have commitment issues, and they refuse to work on themselves, they refuse to get help, they refuse to go to counseling, 
then you can't change anyone. And I know, I know as women, we, we love to think of ourselves as, you know, we have this hero complex, this savior complex. No, I'm going to save them. I'm going to save them. No, you're not. The only one that can change someone, the only one that can transform someone and save someone is called Jesus Christ, not you. So just say bye-bye. And last but not least, like I said, if this person refuses to seek help, if this person refuses to go to couples counseling with you or make amends, ask for forgiveness, then they're showing that they're a person that is not flexible and that is not willing to grow and to become a better person. They're, they're stagnant. They're set in their ways. They are a type of person that believes I was born this way or, you know, take, this is how I am. Take, take it or leave it. That's not the type of person you want to spend the rest of your life with. So with that being said, I want to encourage my people. I want to encourage my I am beloved fam. These are some steps on how to find the right one. But for all my singles out there, I got you. For all my singles out there like me, it's all about trusting God, but it's also about walking in faith. The Bible says it. Faith without works is dead. So my love, stop spending your weekends sitting in front of Netflix, binge watching TV all day, stuffing your face with snacks. I know, I know I've been there. The, this part of the segment is, is speaking to me. If you want to find the person that God has for you, put yourself out there, please. If you're sitting at home in your PJs, haven't combed your hair for three days, you're lucky if you showered, what are you doing? You can't expect God to just bring your Prince Charming, knock on the door and say, here I am. That's not going to happen. So go out there. Take a chance. Take a risk. Go on a date. Go on a Bible study coffee date. Hey, you know, you want to go get some coffee together? Let's, you know, talk about life. Let's get to know each other. Like I'm saying, you know, take a chance, take a risk, slide into a DM, but time out. But this is a big, but here, please do not be trying to slide into like 10 DMs, seeing which one you're going to be able to fish. That is not Christ-like. That is not godly-like. And that ain't cute. Okay? So for my guys, for my girls, take a chance. Go to a youth conference. Go to a young adults conference. Get to know people. Make small talk. Put yourself out there. Because hiding at home, you're not going to find the one. I love you all. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Find the One. And I'm excited to talk to you again soon. Love you. 
Thank you for listening to I Am Beloved podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you are walking one step closer to your healing. See you next time. Adios. Adios.